Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Want to tell you right off the jump, go sign up today for the Outkick VIP. Yesterday was one of the biggest days of traffic that we have ever had on the site for Outkick. Tons of you were signing up. Outkick VIP, $99 for the year. You get an autographed copy of my book, access to message board. You can comment on all of our articles. Only way you can comment. Get it at call in to the Outkick VIP phone line on my radio show, which many of you listen to uh, this morning and regularly hear callers being able to contact. And also, you get the right to Zoom calls special for Jason Whitlock and myself. Great value. Best thing you can do to support OutKick, buy shirts, but specifically go sign up for the OutKick VIP uh, and I appreciate all of you doing that. All right, Uh, I got a lot to get into today, ton of different topics, but right off the top, I feel like I am taking crazy pills. And you guys know I'm not afraid of telling you exactly what I think. In fact, I do that every single day. The Big Ten came out with a letter yesterday from the commissioner which made no sense at all and the only thing I can get to at this point is that they are intentionally lying to all of us about why they decided to shut down the college football season. So let's dive into this in particular. First, I have been banging the drum on this but I'm going to continue to bang the drum on this. It is entirely unacceptable that 13 Big Ten state institutions which are taxpayer funded and which presidents and uh, chancellors are paid by you, the taxpayer. If you live in Pennsylvania, if you live in Iowa, if you live in Nebraska, if you live in Michigan, Ohio, any of these Big Ten states, it is 100% unacceptable for there not to be a public vote about whether fall sports should happen. We have the sunshine laws in this country for a reason with the idea being that you can't have the fix be in and all of the decisions be made behind closed doors. We can't even figure out whether there was an official vote or not. I believe there are lawsuits to be filed to allow the Big Ten players to play at the schools that want to play. There is no legitimizing factor at all behind this decision-making process. And as a result, I would support any lawsuit or any investigation into whether the Big Ten fulfilled its contractual obligations by not having an official vote. We don't even know if they had a vote. The University of Minnesota president said there was no vote. Uh, The Penn State athletic director said she wasn't sure what in the world happened. This is a travesty of college football justice. So that's the first part. 13 state-funded institutions with 13 presidents and chancellors who are avoiding all of their responsibilities. Northwestern is a private school so the rules might be different for them. That's the first part. This should be a massive story. 
I'm not surprised that the Corona Bros and the college football sports media aren't able to keep up with this. But this is utterly ridiculous that nobody is calling out, hardly other than me, the university presidents for their failure to actually conduct a public vote and have to stand behind whatever opinion they make. Look, you can disagree with me. But you should have to, if you are a university president, go public and say exactly what you think about whether the college football season should happen. So I support the Nebraska, the Iowa, the Michigan, the Ohio State, the Penn State parents, all of them. I understand 100% what you're arguing, all the players, all the coaches, everybody out there at the athletic departments who believes that these the season should be happening. You're right, they're wrong, okay? This also deserves to be ridiculed to the high heavens. Right now, the Big Ten is saying, We can't play in the last week of September. We can't play in October. We can't play in November. We can't play in December outdoors. But we can play indoors in January. This is one of the dumbest arguments I've ever seen. If you are concerned about student-athlete health, which is a ludicrous lie that's not actually true, because if you were, you wouldn't be opening up all these universities. But if you are actually concerned about student-athlete health, There is no way to justify playing indoors in winter when it's actually a lot, a lot more dangerous to get infected with anything during cold and flu season than it is during the fall. If you can play in October, November, and December, then you can play in January. But if you can't play in October, November, and December, there's no way out there to possibly argue that you can play in January. There's nothing out there that supports this idea. And that's why if you are watching this right now and you are using your functional brain, i.e. you are not working at the Big Ten, I just have to ask you, what's changing other than the election in November that would make playing in January possible? There's not going to be a vaccine. And if there is a vaccine, think about all the criticism that the uh, leagues have gotten for just using tests. Imagine what would happen if a vaccine existed in January and the first people to get it were healthy college athletes so they could go play football. This would be one of the biggest scandals of all time if college athletes got the vaccine first and all the old people who are dying in nursing homes didn't get it. Okay, There's not going to be a vaccine readily available to college athletes in January. Nothing is changing other than the fact that the election is happening in November. And if you hate Donald Trump, I really do believe this. I think many of these university presidents, as well as Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, is just trying to make things awful. And they are allowing their Trump derangement syndrome to cloud their actual decision making. It's pathetic. It's ludicrous. It's insulting to everyone out there. Plus, Kevin Warren's own son is playing. If you truly care about safety, how in the world is your son going to be playing football at Mississippi State? If I am a Big Ten fan, if I am a Big Ten parent, if I am out there listening right now and I am a Big Ten player, props to Justin Fields for standing up for himself, how can you allow your own son to make his choice to play but not allow anybody in the Big Ten to make a similar choice? This is hypocrisy of the highest level. And look, I understand that Kevin Warren's son is an adult. 
but you should have to come out and publicly condemn his decision if you truly believe it's not safe enough. What I think is going to happen is Kevin Warren is going to be showing up watching his son play at Mississippi State. It honestly feels like he's a double agent trying to destroy the Big Ten Conference from within. Think about this. If you truly hated the Big Ten, what is the worst thing you could do to the Big Ten? Make them cancel playing college football while the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 play. Because every single recruit in the country, do you not think the first thing anybody's saying if a guy's going to go to the Big Ten is, well, sure, you can go to the Big Ten. But unlike in the Big Ten, we actually want to play college football this season in the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. If you were trying to design a double agent move to destroy the Big Ten from within, you would be doing exactly what Kevin Warren is doing. So maybe the SEC got their guy inside and told him, hey, blow up the entire Big Ten conference. Maybe that's what happened. Because otherwise, there's nothing that makes sense about Kevin Warren's decision. There's nothing that makes sense about the Big Ten presidents and the Big Ten chancellor decisions. All of it. All of it is fundamentally absolute lunacy. And I say this as someone whose wife went to the University of Michigan. All my family from my wife's side just about lives in Michigan. I love the state in the summer. Not a cold weather guy. But I have a good time every time I go up into Big Ten country. I'm going to be welcomed with open arms next time I go up to the Midwest. In fact, it speaks to how awful the Corona Bros in the media are doing their job that this was written. Uh, this is crazy. This is from the head of Bucknuts, which is the 24-7 site, one of the biggest sports message boards in the entirety of the country. They tagged me in this. This was their tagline to a story they just posted. You know it's 2020 when at Clay Travis becomes a beloved figure in the eyes of most Ohio State and Big Ten fans. But here we are. That's what's happened. Your boy, I'm going to be dotting the I. I'm going to be dotting the I at the shoe before all is said and done. That's how beloved I've been just by telling the truth about how stupid Kevin Warren has been and how many lies are involved in the decisions that are being made by the Big Ten presidents and chancellors. I'm beloved in Ohio. I'm going to end up the governor. Mike DeWine's going to step down and they're just going to name me the new governor of Ohio. And I'm going to win election just by saying the Big Ten should play college football. It's amazing. My mind is blown here. I think Donald Trump could end up winning Pennsylvania and winning Michigan and winning Ohio and winning Wisconsin just by coming out in favor of Big Ten football. I'm not sure he needs to do anything else. The president we're watching and listening right now, he would say, Clay Travis, what advice do you have for me for the election? Say that you want the Big Ten to play. I think you'd win all those states. Just say you want the Big Ten to play. The governor of Pennsylvania is an idiot. The governor of Michigan's an idiot. The governor of Wisconsin is an idiot. I'm, all you have to do, I really believe this, to win the election in 2020 is come out in favor of the Big Ten playing college football. This is, I mean, it's crazy. That's where we are. Uh, this, is, this is also crazy. I told you this was going to happen. People don't listen to me. They're like, oh, I know Clay Travis. 
He's going to end up worth $100 million or more. He's an idiot. He's an imbecile. He has no idea what he's talking about. I say, you get woke, you go broke. The big, uh, the ESPN first round NBA playoff ratings. Have you seen these numbers? The first round of the NBA playoffs on ESPN is down 40% over last year. I want to repeat that so you understand me. The first round of the NBA playoffs on ESPN, the ratings are down 40%. Almost half the people who watched the playoffs last year are not watching the playoffs this year. That's despite the fact that a ton of people are just sitting around at home with nothing to do. 40% down, okay? Let me put that into context. That's not good, all right? This is what happens when you decide to embrace far left-wing politics rather than just play basketball. Because look, I watch. I told you guys from the get-go. I'm not, I'm not choosing to avoid it, right? I watch. 40% of the audience is not watching this year. It's what happens when you kneel for the national anthem. It's what happens when you put social justice warrior slogans on your jerseys. What happens when you make the decision to every freaking television commercial that even comes on is about social justice. And also, when you put Black Lives Matter on the court. People out there who want to watch basketball just say, hey, they got woke, let's let them go broke, I'm leaving. By the way, we got Get Woke, Go Broke t-shirts now on OutKick. You can go buy them. Get Woke, Go Broke. It's unbelievable. I told you exactly what was going to happen. Not only is it leading to tanking NBA ratings, the shows that talk about the NBA the most are seeing their ratings tank. All of these talk shows on ESPN and FS1 that are obsessed with talking about the daily NBA, their ratings have collapsed too. The entire sports industry, by getting woke, is cutting its own throat. Roger Goodell's going to give me a a fine for doing the throat slash. The entire sports media industry, with the obsession of, uh, exception of OutKick, which is growing like orders of magnitude, all the Corona Bros out there obsessed with exponential growth, what's growing exponentially is my business, you loony bin losers. All right? You Corona Bro pathetic chumps. We are growing exponentially. Everybody else is collapsing. You probably won't even see anybody talk about this because it violates Twitter code of acceptable sports media conduct to point out that if you get woke, you go broke. But those are the numbers. 2.79 million they advertised per game in the first round this last year. 1.72 million they are averaging this year. Over a million of their audience just waved by. Uh, Damian Lillard, having said that. Damian Lillard is in the midst of the greatest NBA shooting spree in the history of the league. I'm watching. I hope he goes off tonight and wins again. If you're not watching, I will be your eyes. I'll be your eyes. Damian Lillard is playing phenomenally well. I think he is the greatest shooter right now. Damian Lillard is the greatest shooter in the history of basketball. Ever since Naismith hung up the peach basket back in the 1880s or whatever the heck it was, ever since then to the present day, no one has been better at shooting than Damian Lillard. He's doing unbelievable uh, right now in the NBA. If you're missing that, I feel so, I feel bad for you. But I also understand why you want to make a statement and you want the NBA to go broke. Tom Brenneman. When I was a kid, 
I grew up watching the Cincinnati Reds every night. I had Joe Nuxall and I had Marty Brenneman would call the games, the local games. I watched their games on television. I listened to them on 700 WLW late at night when I was getting into bed. I grew up a huge Reds fan, okay? So I'm familiar with Marty Brenneman. I know his son Tom just a little bit. I don't really know very much about him. But let me just say this. I'm opposed to cancel culture. So in the same way that when Deshaun Jackson came out and said all the ridiculous anti-Semitic comments, I didn't think he should be fired. And I think that what Tom Brenneman did was wrong and I think he should be suspended. But I don't think he should be fired because I think we have to break this idea that if somebody puts something on Facebook or somebody puts something on Twitter or somebody says something on the radio or TV or wherever it is, that our first thought is they need to be canceled. They can't continue to have a job. And so I believe that the same standard that applied and that I applied for Deshaun Jackson should apply for Tom Brenneman. If he truly is homophobic, he needs to learn why what he said is stupid, right? And also correct his ways and learn, evolve, grow. Instead of trying to cancel people, we should try to help them evolve as humans We should practice forgiveness. We should believe in redemption. We should not constantly obsess about the idea of firing someone. Now, I talk every day on the radio for three hours. I assume on some level that my mic is always hot. But I think if you heard me say anything on the mic that was hot, it would be the same thing that you usually hear me say, except I might curse. A while back, I stopped cursing on this show. Do you know why I stopped cursing? In the space of about a week, I got three or four different emails from parents who said, Hey, Clay, I love what you say on Outkick the Show every day. My kids love you. I put you on in my car driving to and from school, but I don't want them to hear you curse. So is it possible that you could stop cursing? I thought about it for a little while. My initial reaction is, no, I don't want to do that, but I've got kids. And so I thought about it. I don't curse on the radio show. I can't. And so I said, what am I gaining by cursing during my show? Are my arguments better when I curse? They might be funnier. I'll give you that. But do I actually make sounder arguments by cursing? I say, you know what? I think I'm going to stop cursing on this show so that I can have the largest possible audience. And so, as a result, we had 10 million video views last month. And everything can go up on YouTube and everywhere else without having to bleep And as a result, I actually adjusted my behavior thinking about that from a parent's perspective because I can understand being a parent driving around to take your kids to school or practice or whatever else. You love the show and you decide that you want to listen to me but every now and then I go on a cursing spree and your five-year-old hears me and if that upsets you, you're like, man, I can't listen to Clay anymore. So I adjusted my behavior and I think it was the right decision. But the reason why I did that was I took feedback. I took it constructively. And so about a year ago or so, maybe a year and a half ago, I stopped cursing. Now, I'll still read quotes. I'm not going to bleep myself or I'm going to make the other guys have to bleep me out if I read them. But that's a choice that I made. Somebody just said, your wife told you to stop, right? No, my wife curses a lot more than me. Trust me. If you were married to me, you'd curse a lot more than me too. Uh, positive news out there. Anyway, that's a backstory for what I decided to do. And so I, I believe that people can change their behavior 
And so I would encourage, I'd probably suspend him for, I don't know, a substantial period of time. And then I'd bring him back, assuming that he's good at his job. And I'm not an expert on whether he's good at his job, but I assume he's pretty good. The one thing that was ridiculous about that apology, it reminded me of when Chris Berman was talking about the Ray Rice incident. Do you guys remember that? When Chris Berman decided he needed to address the Ray Rice incident live on television. And then immediately there was a punt block and he was talking about how serious domestic violence was. And then the punt got blocked and he immediately switched. It's one of the most amazing things ever. Well, last night in the middle of Tom Brenneman's apology, a home run was hit. So he starts off his apology. Then somebody goes yard for the Reds. He stops. He calls the, he calls the home run. And then he circles back around to his apology. It was pretty crazy to watch. Uh, it's up on OutKick if you want to go watch it. Go check out OutKick.com. Uh, the NFL. Remember how everybody was like, oh my God, the NFL's never going to be able to play. You, some of you like the Corona Bro voice. So let me give you the Corona Bro voice. Oh my God, the NFL's never going to be able to play. How are we going to play? How are we going to ever play during the coronavirus? It's impossible. That's the Corona Bro voice, all right? The NFL now is down to single digits coronavirus infections. And, and on top of that, we also have every Major League Baseball team playing, assuming there's not rainouts or like naturally scheduled bye weeks. The Corona Bros have lost their mind. They now are worked up about college infections. And the truth of the matter is the NFL is going to be able to play. College football is going to be able to play. Major League Baseball is back and they are rolling single digits in the NFL. This should be a huge story. If there were hundreds of NFL coronavirus infections, we would hear about it all the time. Single digit infections, I think it's down to seven or nine or something like that. Hardly anybody even discusses it. Uh, Here's some Rona stats for you. For the Corona Bros out there who are still running around terrified, Florida announced today a 6.79% positivity rate. Effectively, the coronavirus outbreak all over the South is done. The cases are collapsing. The death rate never remotely approached what happened in New York or New Jersey. And this blew me away. Governor Ron DeSantis tweeted that yesterday, 23.8% of everyone who tested for antibodies in the state of Florida had already had the coronavirus. Did you hear that? Let me repeat that. 23.8% of all people tested yesterday in Florida for the coronavirus antibodies already had it. It's possible that herd immunity actually sets in around 10 to 20%, meaning that in Florida, it's basically like New York now. There are no outbreaks substantially to have. This thing is over. And I understand it makes all the people out there upset who are Corona bros. This thing is over in the South. This thing is over in New York. We are moving on. It's time to get back to work, back to school, back to life, back to sports. Uh, Charles Barkley and Skip Bayless are feuding. This is an awesome feud. I'm on the side of Charles Barkley. Been out to dinner with him several times. I think he's funny. I don't know Skip at all, even though we both work on FS1. Yesterday, Charles Barkley said, I hope y'all heard me, America. Skip Bayless, when Damian, sorry, when Damian Lillard drained the three to beat the Lakers, Charles Barkley said on TNT, I hope y'all heard me, America. Skip Bayless, take that, you punk ass. Uh, So uh, take that with your punk ass. That is Charles Barkley 
going after Skip Bayless. These guys don't like each other. I thought that was pretty outstanding and pretty funny in general from Charles Barkley going after Skip Bayless who has been feuding with Damian Lillard for a substantial period of time. Uh, Charles Barkley, I love. Been out to dinner with him a few times. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got in media came from Charles Barkley. I don't know that Charles Barkley would 100% remember having been out to dinner with me, but Charles Barkley said at one of our dinners, Clay, if you worry about the people who don't like you, then the people who do like you won't like you anymore either. It's one of the best pieces of advice I have ever heard in lot from life in general. Don't worry about everybody trying to love you. Be as honest as you can. Great advice from Charles Barkley. If you worry about the people who don't like you, then the people who do like you won't like you anymore either. It's great advice. So many people spend so much of their life trying to make people who don't like them like them. I don't know if I have like some sort of genetic protection here. I don't care. I legitimately don't care what people think about me on the internet. If they love me, more power to you. I appreciate that. If they hate me, more power to you. I appreciate that. I don't care. And I certainly don't spend any time trying to convince people who don't like me that they should like me. So I, uh, I, just, think it's, uh, I just think it's crazy the world that we're in right now. I think the Big Ten is demonstrating how many Corona Bro Media's uh, members are dishonest. I think the Big Ten deserves to be called straight up on their flagrant dishonesty and I will continue to do so. I love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I'll be on television here momentarily giving you some gambling picks for the night. I appreciate all of you. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning with radio. We got a loaded radio program. Should have a lot of fun, but I'll see you on television in about a half hour. Kisses. See y'all. Bye. Love you. Thank you, Facebook. I appreciate everybody watching. See you guys.